Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup, oh, it's blocked by James! LeBron James with the rejection! Welcome to the Chase Down on Almighty Baller Radio. I'm Justin Rowan, my co-host Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how are you doing today? Doing good. Uh, we another day, another LeBron James subtweet. <laughs> I love it. Would you I, like I, to set I, this up for uh, people since I'm I'm barely capable? Okay, so once again, LeBron has made one of his famous subtweets. Um, People can debate whether or not it's about Kyrie Irving, as they do with all of his tweets. Uh, he basically tweeted a edited version of lyrics from the song Portland off of Drake's More Life. Um, it said, never let another ride your wave, which many have taken as saying that Kyrie has kind of rode his way to the his wave to this point, rode his wade. There's a Freudian slip <laughs> if I've ever had one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, people are uh, freaking out about that, which is just so much fun. What if this is all, like, what if every time LeBron's ever subtweeted, it's just been, uh, he just likes, you know, the song he's tweeting about. Like, he's just like a, a girl on MySpace. You okay, know? Let's, let's be realistic and... I, I mean, Chops was supposed to be on this podcast, but he he is just terrible. And he would have been more upset about this than you will be. But who who at this point is still listening to More Life? Justin, I cannot make it more clear to you how incapable I am to ha- ha- in having a discussion about any hip-hop record. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Like, I pretty much got, like, coloring book by chance, and that's it. <laughs> and that's just because people in Chicago have brainwashed me. Uh, I, I was about nothing. to say, that's the most Chicago thing you, you could have yeah, done. Yeah, that, that's, like, that's all I got. I got nothing. I'm worthless. So, like, that's why, like, whenever these LeBron subtweets come out, I'm like, all right, I'll just wait for someone to tweet out the, <laughs> what it's connected to, because I'm not going to figure it out. Yeah, you and Zavak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's not someone I should be keeping company with in terms of like, <laughs> in terms of anything, in, in terms of musical pop culture. Like, like I'm just gonna have to drop like twelve or thirteen uh, Harry Potter references, and then I'll the the transformation will be complete, and that's not a good thing. I don't think I don't think I'd need that in my life. Can I luckily, just say that? Luckily, while... he doesn't listen to podcasts, so he'll never know about this. Oh no, there's he he didn't. <laughs> He didn't listen when this was the Fear the Sword podcast. Forget the chase down. Yeah, when it was his own baby, it didn't. <laughs> when yeah. it was his own website's <laughs> bot, he was like, ah, no. That seems like a big hassle. Can yeah. I just say that while I've like defended Kyrie's thinking, and I, well, not necessarily defend it, but I understand where he's coming from with this decision, I also 100% understand where LeBron's coming from. Like, there doesn't necessarily have to be a bad guy in this situation. Like... LeBron casts a shadow by being so great at basketball. There, there's negative aspects that also come with him, but uh, ultimately it, it's very worthwhile, and I can understand where Kyrie is coming from. I can also understand LeBron, who has pumped Kyrie's tires over the last three years, called him a future MVP candidate, 
uh, talked about being comfortable handing the reins over to him, has really been a mentor to him and, and really worked through a lot of tough times and helped him break his bad habits, feeling betrayed by this. Like, I think it's completely understandable. Yeah, I mean, so something I've been thinking, and I think you're right. I think that LeBron definitely has reason to be, you know, hurt or upset or uh, however you want to phrase it. Um, I have a question. Does whether Kyrie is wrong or not about his ability to be his own man, should that impact the way we react to it? No, but it's going to. Well, so... Allow me a stupid hypothetical that's popping into my head right now. And I did just wake up, so bear with me. Let's say we all have a friend that wants to to make it big in the music industry. They got a band they really like. And they quit their high-paying job to pursue their band, to go on tour with their band. And we all know the band isn't really good enough to make it. Do we support that friend and that decision? <laughs> Uh, probably not. <laughs> exactly. Isn't it kind of weird that we're all just like, he can do what he wants. He can do what he wants. And I'm like, well, should he do this? Like, isn't that the, isn't that the better question? <laughs> should he want to leave? I don't know. Or is that too easy just because the answer is obviously like, no. I, I don't think if that's a perfect comparison. It's um, of course it's not because Kyrie's really good and like he, he doesn't have to go to a... It's not like binary. Like, he's going to go to a losing situation. Um, yeah, it's, it's he almost got, like, like that. the Spurs, you know, like, <laughs> he probably could win. But, like, I don't know. It's just weird. It's just weird. I think the fact... I think we should factor it in more than we should. That, like, this is, like, obviously, like, not a good basketball decision. Right. I... <sighs> I mean, there, there's still scenarios where this might be a good basketball situation. Like, I, I think if he ends up in Minnesota, that's a core that might be able to compete after the Warriors are, are done their run. Yeah. Um, whereas the Cavs have absolutely no future assets. You don't know what's happening with LeBron. And maybe this situation isn't okay. Not not maybe this situation is not available if you wait until next year, like getting to Minnesota, um, because Wiggins is going to sign his extension if the trade doesn't happen this year, and then it becomes a lot tougher to pull off a deal uh, from a money aspect. And Minnesota might not be willing to trade five guaranteed years of Wiggins for a rental of Kyrie. So that scenario goes out the window. But outside of that, I, I mean, I, I largely agree with your point. Yeah, it's just weird, I guess. Like, And it's like something that's kind of been bouncing around my head for a minute. And it's not a perfect comparison, as you said, because Kyrie, one, is not our friend. <laughs> He's no. not like our buddy. Like, it's just like odd that like... He's also not so... the Ringo of this group. Yeah. Well, it's just weird because like it's so interesting the way that we talk about free agency and players and players taking agency of their situation it's like this kind of unilateral good thing and i think that's kind of odd that we've just been like hey he's doing what he wants that's fine like he like kevin durant can sign wherever he wants it's fine how how much of this is that like no one like only (laughs) i think people are arguing with boogeymen is my point like they're arguing with straw men that don't really exist anymore is like the, yeah, we all agree that everyone's allowed to do whatever they want. Like, no one, no one's saying that you can't quit your job to, to tour with your band. 
It's just like, is it advisable? I don't know. And like, that's why it's so weird when you're trying to like come up with Kyrie destinations that like work in with the realm of fit. Cause it's like, well, why doesn't he just stay where he's at? That's the best situation for him. It's the best compliment for him. There's no one that, that like, uh, accentuates his game more than LeBron. No. I, I feel like Twitter has made us feel like we need to live up to a certain standard and how we act and react to things. That's like, very I, true. I think there's a combination of how Cavs fans react to the decision last time, plus our, our biggest basketball rival likes to pride themselves on how hashtag woke they are in all situations. And I think how they perceived OKC fans reacting to Durant leaving um, and the whole players' rights aspect of that, I think that's kind of created like the standard that people feel like they have to hold themselves to and they, they have to think of things just purely um, from an analysis standpoint rather than actually just feeling things. Yeah, I think like I don't understand I understand functionally why I should want players to be happy. And mostly I do, but I also want me to be happy. Yeah, I want I want me to like I mean like this is like the hobby I spend all my time doing. Like like I want the league to be the way I want it to be. Like I don't think I have to like subvert my own interests in the interests of like some 10, you know, you know, some person who's going to make a hundred million dollars over the course of their career. Like, I know that, like, it's still a pretty pro organization and anti labor league in terms of, like, the, there's a cap and there's a draft. And, like, sure, like, that's all problematic. But, like, I'm not, like, shedding tears for these guys. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's really, it's really confusing and it's a complicated thing to deal with because I do come down on the side of pro labor and I do think people should have the choice to do whatever they want. I don't understand why that uh, concurrently means I have to love the choices of that everyone makes. That's kind of not the point. No, no. Like I, I'm still upset at this Kyrie situation. Yeah, it I get sucks. it. But it, it's upsetting. It's it's a complete bummer because one, I don't think the Cavs are going to become a better team after this trade, and that really bums me out. And two, I would like my favorite player to still be on my favorite team. Like, yeah. I, I think it's okay that I'm bummed out about this. Yeah, and it's okay to say, I think he shouldn't have requested a trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't Although it was wrong. very interesting to see David Griffin come out and defend him there. Yeah. Like, just I think, completely defend him. Well, I think this is kind of, like, an interesting thing, and it kind of comes back to, you know, who leaked it and... When did the original request come? This is all timeline stuff that's still pretty murky, right? I mean, right? Because I, I mean, if Dan Gilbert was just sitting on this request and didn't want to and didn't want to do anything about it, um, I get why Kyrie eventually leaked it because he well, did try to go about it the right way, and maybe it wasn't uh, being taken to heart enough. Uh, and if LeBron leaked it, then Kyrie's even more absolved in terms of his process, at least. Well, uh, Brian Windhorst did say that none of his sources, none of the leaks came from Kyrie's camp. That was the only thing he definitively said was that none of this came from Kyrie's camp. Okay. So that uh 
I confirmed that it wasn't Kyrie, so um, I guess... To you sound very that, impressed by that news. I just yawned. It's early. <laughs> I just woke up. Um, it's not that early. Uh, there's... I mean, to me, like, his process has been fine. He hasn't really said anything, but what the hell is... Like, people are like, oh, Kyrie's still silent. And it's like, what the hell do you want him to say? <laughs> like, everything that was reported is what he needed to say, you know? Like, he doesn't need to go on Barbara Walters and talk about how uh, he wants to get away from LeBron. Like, that's really bad business to do that anyway. You have to kind of let things work out. I, I don't think I have any qualms. I mean, the Steph and video making fun of LeBron was like, Jesus, that's a bad look right now, man. Yeah, that was just um, but very like, ill-advised. Uh, his his actual process in requesting the trade I don't think was bad. Do you? I mean, I, th- I think... I think the fact that he wants to leave is kind of problematic, given how good the situation is for him. But what are the again, odds? Not that, my choice. So David Griffin going on there talking about the shadow LeBron cast said Kyrie did exactly what he was supposed to do. This is all understandable. Uh, I get where he's coming from. Part of it, me being like, Okay, so Griff didn't even say that he was surprised by this. There was no, like, other side of the coin. Do you think, to some extent, he might have scorched some earth on the way out or poisoned the well? And that was what kind of led to this situation? Because I've talked about how I think the front office instability was kind of the final nail in the coffin, and maybe that accelerated when Kyrie made this request. Maybe that would be something that he did down the line. But I really think the front office instability is what ultimately got this or brought the situation to the forefront. Do you think it's possible that Griffin might have poisoned the well to some extent? You know, it's really interesting. Um, First off, I don't think so. I think it's more like the well was kind of obviously dirty. (laughs) Right. Anyone can walk by the well and go, don't drink that. Uh, And it's interesting because I feel like the way you feel about the Cavs' recent, um, you know, turmoil is kind of a Rorschach test. It kind of says more about you almost in a lot of ways than it does about the actual situation because I don't think we really know a lot. So, like, you see that you see if you're frustrated by LeBron not committing long term, you see Kyrie and go, Hey, see, he's trying to get out before, uh, before LeBron leaves. So he's just taking control of a situation. If you see, if you are still rightfully irritated that the Cavs bungled the, uh, David Griffin situation, like so thoroughly, you look at it and you say, well, that, that was probably the final straw. Or if you think Kyrie is just kind of a little bit of a diva that has a little, that loves Kobe a little too much that is, then is healthy, then you say, Look, he's trying. He thinks he's Kobe, but he's not. What an idiot. Because these are all legitimate factors. <laughs> yeah. They're all real, genuine things that matter. But, like, the one that's the final straw, the one that pushes it over the edge, is, like, is always going to be your pet. Right. Project. And, like, and like it's, I mean, obviously, you, you correctly were really frustrated by the David Griffin thing. I don't know if he poisoned the well, is my point. I just think, I just think he's... For- I, I, I don't, know, I don't necessarily factors. think that that's his style. I just thought no. it was a question that's worth asking. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, it the Griffin thing, his appearance, you got to understand, I think, 
that he worked really closely with Kyrie for a long time. He understands how Kyrie works. I almost felt like he was speaking in Kyrie's voice on that. Yeah, it really seemed that way. Like, it was like, it wasn't even necessarily advocacy to me as much as like, hey, here's where Kyrie's coming from. And, uh, you know, he did defend him from the Harper comments, which were pretty harsh. Um, but like, it was more along the lines of, hey, like, this is where this guy's coming from, which I mean, I don't, I didn't hear anything that was new there. Uh, it just kind of confirmed like, this is how he feels. Uh, and I think that's kind of what Griffin set out to do with that answer was saying, hey, here's Kyrie's side of the story. Yeah. And the biggest takeaway from, for me was, David Griffin really knows these players well. Like, yep. it, it's very clear that he understands where these guys are coming from, and he knew how to manage these personalities. He he knew how to get the most out of these guys. And once again, that just kind of brought up more frustration that he they didn't keep Griffin. And for yeah. me, that's just always going to be the thing that's going to bother me the most, and that's going to be where I assign the bulk of the blame. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it was a lot of weird stuff that all culminated in this. And, like, I just don't know who will ever really know what was more responsible than the other. Like, because the even stuff that gets reported later, after this all settles down, is colored by the narrative that Irving's team is going to want to craft, is that Gilbert's team is going to want to craft, that LeBron's team is going to want to craft. And it's never... Mm-hmm. You'll never know. I mean, maybe it was LeBron all along, and he just didn't want to play with him anymore, and he saw him, you know, going out the door, and that frustrated him. And, But I just don't know if that's going to be the message that that Irving's team sends out because it's not a very flattering one, I don't think. Uh, it's more easy just to say, hey, I wanted to be my own man, and I think that's what he'll do. And that's not going to be that reliable because it's going to be very processed and filtered. And, like, unless you're operating in the minds of these players, I just don't think that we're going to get that, like, nice, neat closure. There's going to be a narrative sold, but I don't know if that's the narrative that's going to, that's actually reality. Unless that story about LeBron sleeping with Kyrie's girlfriend gets confirmed by Kyrie. As you started talking, I was like, oh, is he going to go here on the pod? Of course I'm going to go there on the pod. We got to bring the heat. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get sued for. Uh, for uh, it's libels in print, right? Not yeah, um, and and I'm just bringing up something that a very not reputable source. Are you saying? Are you the saying table. the real Lambo isn't reputable? <laughs> I've been following that guy on Instagram for a minute. <laughs> he is a fascinating fella. I uh, I don't know much backstory there. Oh, he's just he's just a colorful character. Uh, dated Gloria James for some time. I don't think they're dating anymore. Um, and that's all I know about him. And he has funny Instagram videos and pictures. That's all I got. Uh, yeah, it, it is weird, man. Like, it's funny that players, you like, when you hear players talk about it, like, some are like, yeah, it makes sense that he might want to leave. And it's like, what do you know? Or you're yeah. not surprised by this. Because then you got like John Wall who's like, I don't understand. But John Wall's like, I think pretty end with LeBron. Um, I, I, it's yeah, just really pretty much funny. anyone that's lined up with Clutch is like, I, I don't get this. Yeah, it's just funny. Um, you know, 
we'll see how this plays out. I still want to know how ugly this gets at the end. Um, because I guess what we like, want to find out. Yeah, other than the Kyrie video, it's really been mostly like pretty low key. Uh, it's been like a lot of invented stuff, like the subtweets. Really, the first shot from LeBron at Kyrie, it seems. So, yeah, I I just don't know. I I think Cavs fans are gonna hate Kyrie for a long time, which is sad. I I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like prior to the return, you had Cavs fans that were split on Kyrie. There was the Kyrie yep. versus Dion stuff. And there were people that just didn't like his diva attitude, which let's call a spade a spade. That's what it was. Then after that, you get the LeBron fans that come in from all over the world because they follow one of the greatest players ever. Yep. Not that there's anything of the, wrong with part that. Part of the territory. And then you get more Cleveland sports fans who root for Cleveland sports teams and whichever are doing the best. Um, I, I think it attracted the more casual Cleveland sports fans. And I think getting the city, understanding the mindset of Cleveland fans was really important to those people. I think the LeBron fans, the Cleveland sports fans are going to be very anti-Kyrie or are going to boo him when he comes back. And I think a lot of Cavs fans that had stuck around through the, the lean years, um, they're, they're still going to be split. But I think there's a lot more understanding I'm seeing from those people than the rest of Cavs fans. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair interpretation. But I think, unfortunately, for the way it's going to play out, is that so the people that stuck around all along that um that that so that's split 50-50 it's the people who cuz cuz you can even tell like the people who used to like not really like Kyrie back then or you know be frustrated with him they're mm-hmm. right they're right back and like they're getting you can see the narrative darkening for them right uh like man screw this guy kind of uh vibes and then the people who liked him and kind of stayed fairly like on board were like, oh, this is, you know, he's fine. You know, they're still f- fairly supportive, still hit the greatest shot in franchise history. And, but so you have that, that, that group is split 50 50. But unfortunately, that's a fairly small group. And you have all the casuals who are not going to be a fan. Uh, cause they feel like he basically said that they weren't good enough for him. Like there's that kind of inferiority complex, I think, tapping in a little bit. And then you also have all the LeBron fans who are loud, who are going to be not a fan. And now, and you look at the group that will be, you know, supportive in the short term, comparative to all these groups, they're going to be a pretty, pretty, pretty huge minority, I think. Right. Um, and I do think there's going to be a reconciliation. I just think people, and like, screw off Warriors fans right now, because. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, it's not the same as Steph just leaving at the end of his contract. Forcing a trade because you don't want to play on the team anymore is different. It 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 hurts fan bases' feelings, yeah. especially casuals who don't have the time or interest to like think through all the factors. Yep. They're just going to be like, damn, you Warriors don't want to play for us anymore? So Screw that guy. Over this. I, yeah. I mean, they always are, but... So. Yeah. 
Like, it's like, I get why a casual fan would be upset. Like, who am I? Like, I, I don't know. It's like the classic thing. Like, do you want people to care? Because casual fans are going to care about stuff and they're not going to have super nuanced opinions on it because they're casual fans. And but, that's fine. But they're going to show up. I'd rather them show up and care. So I, I don't know, man. I just, I'm pre annoyed about the reaction to it all while being also really interested by it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I still think the do most. You, do you, will you still wear your Kyrie stuff around? Yeah, probably. I have a shirt uh, with Kyrie on it. It's a drawing by Dan Dan Rowell. Um, check out his stuff uh, if you if you haven't. Uh, Dan's a great guy. Uh, it's this cool uh, picture of Kyrie uh, with a Believeland jersey on. And I was doing laundry. I was getting ready to head to work, getting dressed. And I was like, you know what? I'm wearing the damn shirt because this. Can- if I don't wear the shirt now, it's gonna go to the bottom of the shirt pile. And I'm not gonna want to wear it anymore, and it's gonna be awkward. I'm, I'm like, damn, I, I like, I like Kyrie represents a great moment for me, and I don't care how sour it got. I'm still wearing the damn shirt. <laughs> I had to have that moment of like, am I? Is this just? Is this gonna be a thing I just don't wear anymore? You know? I, I mean, I, I still rock my booby Gibson jersey. So, see, I don't wear jerseys. I have a I have a strong belief that white people shouldn't wear basketball jerseys. I think you can wear everything else. I feel like any situation where you would wear a tank top, you can rock a jersey. And I also oh. wear them workout. Well, let me be very clear. I also don't wear tank tops. That's not really my vibe. <laughs> You're more of a checkered shirt guy? Yep, checkered shirt. Give me I I I lean on the spectrum of bro to hipster, I land far on the hipster side of things. See that—that's why we and you we obviously work so well. And you obviously land on the far other end of that spectrum. <laughs> in fairness, you're probably like the closest thing to a minority in Winnipeg. So, <laughs> good God, man! <laughs> that wasn't even based on anything. I have no. no there, clue. There's so little no, cultural understanding. There. I have no clue what Winnipeg is. <laughs> like to me it's basically Iceland. I don't know. You are very very off. We should probably not get into that. <laughs> uh, I had a feeling I was very off and I was just going to let you correct me. Nah, no, nah, we're fine. Um <laughs> going back to the Cavs. Um I think before we should wrap this off, we should kind of get into what we think is the most likely thing to happen for Kyrie. I have a theory. Oh, um, a theory. That that's a that's a Carter special. Is the I have a theory. Mm-hmm. So let's hear what you let's hear what you got. So, Cavs beat guys have been really quiet since this news has broken. They have not talked about a lot of scenarios. They have not talked a lot of rumors or discussions that's going on. It's basically all coming from outside. But whenever they do talk about whether it be Brian Windhorse, Dave McMinnman, or whoever, they always bring up Minnesota. And that's basically the only team that, that gets brought up. And I just think it's really interesting that Glenn Taylor came out and was like, oh yeah, Wiggins is a, clearly a max player. Uh, we are, we'd give him the max. Wiggins says he wants to get a max, but the deal isn't done. Then Glenn Taylor comes out and says, well, I want to find out if he's willing to to work on his game, which is a really weird thing (laughs) to say. It's a huge slap in the face. Yeah. 
And Glenn Taylor is kind of known for crapping all over his players as they're on the way out. So I think that's starting to lay the seeds of doubt. I think if both sides wanted to stay there and to to get this done, the deal would already be done. So I really think that Kyrie is going to Minnesota for Wiggins and something else. It's possible. Um, I uh, I still think that he's starting camp with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think so, too. I just think it's going to be... You didn't last week. I'm surprised by that. Um, I just think I think Kyrie is not... I think teams are just going to... Are not going to get near the asking price that Altman seems to be looking for. And he's going to say, all right, fine, come back with something better. The Josh Jackson kind of deadline, or not deadline, but the first day that he could be traded passing by kind of changed my opinion. See, that doesn't change my opinion at all because I just think they don't want to. I don't think they want to trade him. They might. They might break or bend or, you know, if something, there might be some calculus change that leads to them breaking on that. Um, But... To me, it's like, I don't know. I just don't think, I think the Cavs are, I think Altman seems a little more patient and like, seems like he's really looking not to get destroyed on this trade, Mm -hmm. which is probably a good idea, (laughs) which is a good idea, which means you don't set, um, deadlines you don't need to set and you don't rush to make a trade just to avoid an awkward situation. These right. guys have had plenty of awkward situations before. It'll be okay. <laughs> They'll figure it out. They're pros. Will LeBron be thrilled about it? Probably not. But you also can't say, okay, just give us Eric Bledsoe and Dragon Benders, bum ass. God, he's so bad. He's terrible. So, like, you can't do that. Um, so, as a result, this is what you have to do. You have to wait. You have to, you have to play offers against each other and, uh, we're going to see how good Kobe is at uh, negotiating in the next uh, couple months. But I'll, oh, also worth noting, I think a lot of uh, NBA writers take vacation around this time. So that's also probably why it was so quiet. I think a lot of these guys have just like not been around. <laughs> that is fair. I'm more vocal, or I was more vocal in trashing Bender when that report came out. And I don't know if you saw this, but I actually had more than one person being like, I'd rather keep Bender over Booker. And I was sitting there like trying to figure out uh, like, God, I, I was nerd ba- Twitter sucks ass. I was basically like Zach Galifianakis in the hangover trying to like pour over Bender tapes to find like something that you could find that you'd be like, oh, that that's that's why. No, nerds just suck. <laughs> and they don't understand that Devin Booker's going to be pretty good once he figures everything out. Is it like... I don't even know, man. They're just nerds. Nerds are frustrating. <laughs> and I know that's not a very woke basketball take, but I'm sitting here with my head in my hands. Look at, look at you just sliding further to bro on the scale. Yeah. Uh... That's horrible. Uh, yeah, so I, I guess we'll see. I, I still think Phoenix considers Jackson if it looks like they're going to lose out on a deal. Um, I think they're playing hardball right now because I think they think they've got the best offer on the table. Which they do they? Would you rather have Drogic or Winslow? Drogic and Winslow and, and like Richardson. maybe one, and yeah Richardson or yes. uh, Bledsoe Dragon in the first. 
I would rather have Dragic, Winslow, and Richardson. I think I would too. Dragic is a better fit than Bledsoe, even though he's older. Like Dragic had a great year last year. Yeah, His he's game, awesome. He does struggle he, when he's not the lead ball handler, though, historically. So that I, I would imagine Bledsoe perfect. will as well. Like Bledsoe hasn't been that either, and he's six feet tall, very reliant on athleticism, athleticism that's been taken away with surgeries, and he can't shoot. So, yep. I'm. I mean, as much as I don't think Winslow is a great fit, I know that he is a good defender, and he is definitely better than Bender. Like yeah, I, I just more think, utility. I I think there's a possibility that Bender might be out of the league in three years. I don't think that with Winslow, <laughs> and then Richardson is likely going to be better than Chump. than some 2013 pick that Phoenix can include. 2013? Well, tw- 2021, whatever. Well, they can... I think they can just give us next year's pick, right? I don't believe so. Uh, hold on. But if it's a lotto-protected pick. Yeah, if it's lotto-protected, it'll roll. For yeah. sure. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think that... I, I mean, if they're Bender, giving us an unprotected it, it, pick, then yeah, sure, that, that changes things. Yeah, it's a bummer for Phoenix that... Or, yeah, it's a bummer for the Cavs that I don't like any of the of Phoenix's like secondary players very much. No, the, like they're all like, pretty mediocre to offer. Yeah, it's like not a matter of like they have no young players that have some talent. I just don't like any of them. Like Marquez Chris doesn't mean anything. They they can give a, any of their first rounders. They have no picks out going. Uh, Part of why I don't understand why Phoenix would be a buyer in this Kyrie situation because I'm like, if you're cashing in some of your chips, like if you're cashing in Jacks and all of a sudden it's Booker, Kyrie, and nothing else. Yeah, they're not going to make the playoffs with Kyrie. That is my least favorite, like from a basketball perspective. Like that's, I don't want LeBron. I don't want Kyrie to go there. That would make me sad. I I think it's just basketball, like purgatory. No one will watch. They're not gonna be good. They play ugly basketball. He he could average twenty eight and seven on a fifty forty ninety while playing good defense, and they'd still miss the playoffs the next two three years. Yeah. So, I and there would be takes. Yeah. If we're power ranking like fun Kyrie destinations, I think Spurs would be the most interesting, just because like him and Popovich would kill each other. Uh, <laughs> Knicks would be super fun. T Wolves would be super interesting. I don't, Nuggets would be interesting, but I think he and Jokic would probably not play that well together. And Phoenix would be probably my least favorite. I just don't want him to go there. Uh, mm-hmm. And you have to obviously protect your interests more if you're Kobe Allman. Don't you shouldn't be thinking that way, but uh, I, I can. Yeah. No. So I agree. Anyway, All right. Well, that seems up. like a good place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we both were like, eh, we've had enough of each other for another week. But if you enjoy us and you don't get sick of us, then make sure that you do leave either a rating, a review. All of that stuff helps and is the best way to support the show. Uh, So we'll be back next week, hopefully with more to talk about. The universe seems to provide, so let's hope that streak continues. Um, But thanks, as always, for listening. And as always, go Cavs. Go Cavs.